0: Hi everyone and welcome to Behind the Numbers. I'm your host Dave Bookbinder. I'm a senior director at Pine Hill Group. This is the show where we dig a little bit deeper to really understand what matters most in business. And when in business, uh, when entering contracts and agreements, uh, obviously the expectation is that things will go right, but it doesn't always happen that way. And today we're talking about business litigation with my guest, Stan Chaikin of Stanley B. Chaikin Law Firm. Stan, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me, Dave.
0: Stan, tell our audience a little bit about your background, yourself, your firm.
1: Okay, I've been I've been doing business litigation, employment litigation, essentially all types of uh, handling all types of business disputes. I think this is my twenty eighth year. I represent uh, businesses and uh, executives uh, uh, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, in the state and federal courts, and essentially any any which way folks can be fighting over money. Business territory, uh, employment, salaries, commissions, compensation disputes, licensing—those uh, are the sorts of things yeah. I do. So we're going to
0: dive into those various subjects. And I think you mentioned that you're serving generally the small to medium-sized businesses.
1: I represent uh, mostly small to medium-sized business, or individual, or executives in larger business. Typically, if I'm involved in a in a in a dispute with a large business, I'm on the other side representing. Uh, representing someone that's uh, an employer, an executive with that company.
0: Gotcha, so in, in thinking about some of the hot button issues that you face in terms of business litigation, uh, corporate governance issues is, is one topic that I, I hear a lot about. Is yeah. something you're seeing a lot of?
1: Right, well, and, and again, uh, I'm handling disputes, as you mentioned in the intro. Uh, when, when things don't go well, right. that's when I'm gonna get a call. And uh, so, as you know, there are various types of business entities, essentially, corporations, partnerships, limited liability companies. And each of those has different rules with regard to governance. And um, so shareholder disputes, partnership disputes, uh, those are those are matters that I handle and, and, and I always have handled. Those, uh, uh, it, they seem to be uh, immune to uh, the economy. When the economy's good, folks are fighting over their, uh, uh, their businesses. When the economy uh, goes bad, uh, they're also fighting over their businesses so that's a a pretty steady uh, stream of business
0: so what kind of things are you seeing in terms of the shareholder matters what are the typical hot buttons that trigger those litigation issues
1: as with most business litigation the uh, the trigger is money uh, and and fighting over money so uh, in the shareholder scenario what we see commonly is uh, a majority shareholder who's unhappy uh, maybe with the contribution of the minority shareholder or a minority shareholder who feels like uh, the majority shareholder is squeezing uh, him out of the business, uh, is self-dealing, is, is using the, uh, the majority control and power over the, the business decisions to uh, uh, benefit himself personally, which is not allowed. When you, when you run a corporation, when you're the majority in a corporation, you owe a duty to the minority to treat uh, them fairly and not prevent the minority from receiving what they call the fruits of, uh, of the bargain they made to be, to be an owner. In the partnership scenario, it's, it's slightly different because all partners owe fiduciary duties or the duty of utmost loyalty and fidelity to each other. And what we see is over time, sometimes folks have a different view of how the business should grow. Uh, some might have a different view of uh, what the fair split of compensation is. Um, and unfortunately, people from time to time have disputes about how to, uh, how to um, run their business or how they want to be splitting the, the benefits of their business, whether it be compensation or, or otherwise. And if they're unable to work those things out themselves, they need lawyers and we end up oftentimes in court, arbitration, uh, getting these things worked out.
0: How often do these things wind up in front of a
1: jury? Jury trials are, well, it's very common for litigation to be styled as, to be tried in front of a jury. So it's common to file a case as a jury trial. It's exceedingly uncommon for the cases to actually be decided by a jury. Uh, The reason being, uh, courts put quite a bit of pressure on litigants to resolve their disputes prior to trial, even more so when there's a jury. There's a, a common perception that juries might not be Uh, the best uh, arbiters of a business dispute, because they are unlikely to know know much about your business. So there's a lot of uh, financial pressure and there's a lot of uh, exposure, which oftentimes causes these uh, cases to settle prior to a jury verdict or even prior to a a jury trial. In addition, there are many attorneys that move their cases to arbitration, either because there's an arbitration agreement uh, in the party's governing document or because they just think it it, uh, benefits the parties. Uh, To do that. So we don't often get jury verdicts.
0: Okay. We were talking before kind of about the psychology of the way the process actually unfolds and You mentioned a lot of it's driven by greed Uh, But I think you mentioned to me last week when we were talking something about when business owners are involved even with good intent honest people things go sideways Um,
1: Sometimes they grow apart. Yeah, Uh, each it's not not uncommon for even in a even in a situation with just two partners. It's not uncommon for each of the partners to feel like they're bringing more to the uh, to the partnership and to the business and feel like uh, they're entitled to more. Oftentimes their partner doesn't share that. You could have a situation where a, a partner's uh, uh, getting sick uh, and isn't able to, to provide the same value that, that he or she once was. Uh, and then in, in situations where you have more than two shareholders or partners we commonly see the situation where two or three of the partners will have a personality conflict with with uh, the remaining partner and just like you see it you might see at a high school lunch table we see that with with uh, shareholders and and corporate officers and they grow apart and they end up in litigation
0: Yeah, but you mentioned something also that that was intriguing at the end of the day when when people get angry and as emotions will tend to rise as you're going through these things somewhere in the process there's a realization that maybe you bring to them that there's a business decision here as well and oh. you've got to be prudent about how far you take the anger
1: when you're in when you are in a business when when i'll put it to you this way my best clients are the clients whose decisions i value the most are folks that uh in the midst of a complicated and acrimonious business litigation are able to find a business solution to that litigation. It, it is not always the best idea for business people to let a judge or an arbitrator or a jury make an important decision for them by rendering a verdict. So if uh, you're able to uh, reach a business decision or reach a business, um, find a business solution, uh, those are uh, those are the clients that oftentimes get a result. Of it. it might not be as good a result as if they won in court, but it's certainly going to be a better result than if they lost in court. And uh, I always admire folks that are able to keep their heads for business while they're fighting.
0: Yeah, that's got to be quite a task. Uh, Stan, I'm sure there's folks out in the audience who would want to know how to contact you. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Well, you could call me. My phone number is 215 572 8600. I have a website where you can learn more about me and what I do, which is www.chakinlaw.com. Uh You can get my number and email me right from my website as well. I'd be happy to talk to you.
0: Sounds good. So I think we've got just a couple of minutes before we gotta take a break. So before we do that, just wanna jump into the topic of fraud. Okay, sir. How often does fraud come up in your circumstances?
1: There's, uh, there's uh, an old case that's, uh, that says, uh, you know, fraud should be you know, often alleged and investigated, but rarely found. So it's very common in, in what we call business torts and, and where businesses are fighting. Uh, it's very common to have an allegation of fraud. It's hard to prove fraud, and just because someone alleges it does not mean they're able to prove it. But we're very commonly fighting over allegations and defending allegations of fraud. Frauds where uh, an individual or business is alleged to have made a, a false statement, a misrepresentation, uh, in order to induce someone to rely on that and to change their, positions to, uh, their position to their detriment. It's, uh, it's a swindle. It's where someone tells you something to make you do something, where if you had known the truth, you you never would have made that decision.
0: Right, so in terms of fraud, those are the ones that you you typically hear about and read about in the newspapers. Those are the high profile cases. Um, So in terms of the the smoking gun, if you will, what's the the best way to find the truth?
1: Well, we have various ways of proving things. So uh, it's often easy to get testimony and sworn testimony is always proof, but uh, sworn testimony is, is often Uh, not uh, the most persuasive testimony unless we have corroborating evidence so uh, in in business litigation uh, now uh, the the majority of the evidence we see and and offer uh, is in the nature of documentary evidence uh, and and particularly electronic evidence emails text messages of course letters and correspondence where we're able to recreate the uh, what was occurring uh, what the business people were thinking in a fraud case if I uh, can unearth that email, which places knowledge of the falsity of a a statement on the person that makes that statement, prior to him making the statement, well, you know, my my fraud case is is made. And uh, elect what we call ESI, or electronically stored information, is, uh, you know, where the business litigation, uh, as a a practitioner, that's where it's gone, you know, from the time I was a young lawyer until now. that's where we find the smoking guns, if they, if they are to be found.
0: Yeah, well, certainly uh, email is something that resonates with the audience, right? It's everywhere you hear about it. Um, certainly in, in the political landscape is something that comes immediately to mind. But as you think about it, as I think about it, I guess it's an expedient way of communication. And maybe there's a certain laziness, I guess, about somebody if they're doing something.
1: Uh, a casualness. And yeah. oftentimes the witness is left to explain that the words that they used in the email aren't exactly true uh, for an innocent reason. And maybe it's casual language. But you know, uh, perhaps, perhaps the statement is true, and uh, you know the, the, the practice pointer that all of my colleagues will tell their clients is: be careful what you say in an email, and assume in a, assume that any email you're writing uh, or forwarding on uh, might be uh, might be read by uh, your adversary in litigation or or someone you wouldn't want reading that email at uh, some time in the future. So it's a good idea to leave the uh, invective, the insults. Uh, the profanity, and yeah. just loose language out of those emails, yeah, especially no, in business.
0: Yeah, no question. Even just as a typical correspondence piece of advice, people can't infer tone and, and intent when they're reading even just a, a non-hostile um, email message. So it, it's important, the words matter.
1: And I've, I've had clients sitting at depositions many times trying to explain that. And uh, you know, I, I often believe them that, that they wouldn't have chosen those words, and they didn't mean precisely those words. But in litigation, your adversary is trying to take your words and use them for their purpose. Yeah,
0: and humor only translates if you do the little smiley face emoji. So
1: we, we leave humor out of out of our depositions and out of our out of our written stuff. Right. Uh, you're if you have an attorney who's humorous, that's great. But you might want to. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's only a certain time for humor.
0: Understood. We've got to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. You don't go anywhere. We're going to pay a few bills and we'll be right back with behind the numbers.
2: Topics together. V is for Variety, here on RVN TV.
3: There you go, Richard. Oh! Is that too hard for you? No. Is it too hard for you? Woo! We're playing catch now. Uh. Oh, shit.
4: Should you choose Rowan College at Gloucester County? Low cost. The number one nursing program in all of New Jersey. More than 70 programs of study, including selective admissions. With record enrollment. A premier partnership with Rowan University. Transfer options with numerous universities. Four-year degree options on our campus. Rowan College at Gloucester County. Now you're thinking.
5: coverage can be a very confusing and complicated process help is just a phone call away 856-226-4800 as a licensed insurance agent i'll assist you in making an informed and confident decision on a medicare plan that meets your needs lifestyle and budget call me today for a free no obligation medicare benefits consultation 856-226-4800 When did you see the sign?
3: When I needed to create a better visitor experience.
5: Improve our workflow. Attract new customers. That's when Fast Signs recommended Fleet Graphics. Yeah, now business is rolling in. Get started at FastSigns.com.
2: What do I want to be when I grow up? Maybe a musician? A veterinarian? maybe an equestrian, a mommy. Well, why not be all these things and more? Consider joining me, Dr. V, with friends and colleagues as we explore a wide range of topics together. V is for variety here on RVN TV.
3: There you go, Richard. Oh! Is that too hard for you? No. Is it too hard for you? Woo! We're playing catch now. Uh. Oh, sh.
0: Everyone, Welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm your host Dave Bookbinder of Pine Hill Group. My guest today is Stan Chaikin and we're talking business litigation. This is the part of the program that we call the bottom line where our guest gets to offer tips, tricks, key takeaways, if you will, uh, on our key topics of the day. So Stan, anything you'd like to contribute to the bottom line?
1: Yeah, I'd like to talk to uh, all of those small business owners out there and and entrepreneurs and even uh, sole proprietors. Uh, Big companies have lawyers. You should have lawyers too. Uh, you don't want to uh, be reaching out to try and find uh, someone to handle a litigation matter for you uh, after it already arose. So you, you want to be out there forming, uh, forming a relationship, getting to know someone that can be comfortable with you uh, when the time comes where uh, litigation arises, or more importantly, prior to, it, uh, to when it arises. So get out there, interview an attorney, meet with the attorney, make sure it's someone who you like, someone who understands your business, someone you have a rapport with someone you think would be comfortable that you would be comfortable with standing up and speaking on your behalf if if the day uh, if the day comes Uh, and keep in mind that uh, the the, uh, a retainer agreement or an engagement with uh, with an attorney is also a business agreement and uh, and and make sure uh, you're getting a budget and you're negotiating an agreement that works for you and your business so that you find yourself uh, uh, satisfied with uh, not only uh, uh, the professional service you're getting, but also the business service you're getting. That'll, that'll uh, work well for you and your business.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. You don't want to be having to get an attorney necessarily when you're in the middle of that conflict. Better to have that rapport, better to have that relationship up front. I totally get that. Totally resonates. And,
1: and attorneys, most attorneys, and certainly uh, you know, I am happy to uh, consult with someone uh, to talk about their matter, to actually discuss some uh, strategic approaches to the situation they're, they're going over. Uh, or they're having and, and hopefully help them avoid litigation or or more likely find themselves in a, a better posture than they might otherwise be in if they hadn't spoken to an attorney. One of the biggest issues we have and, and uh, not, not, uh, not necessarily with businesses but oftentimes with employees and executives is uh, they're bright people, they're educated, they're intelligent, they think they can handle their own matter and they get involved in in uh, the early stages of what they might not recognize as something that's going to end up in litigation and they start to make statements and make strategic decisions without the benefit of the legal advice that they're going to be getting later and oftentimes they can actually harm their case.
0: Yeah, I think there's an old quote around that about having a fool for a client if you're representing yourself. That that's and, and you're that's true.
1: And I my entrepreneurial clients uh, want to know all about, they want to learn. So they yeah. want to know all about what we're doing and what, what the strategic decisions are and I'm happy to talk to them about that. But that is the, that's the personality type that is most likely to start representing themselves before they get a lawyer and they can harm their case. I, I, I can give you an example of yeah, that. Yeah, please. I, uh, I, I represent, I handle, as part of the, the business litigation matters I do, I handle employment discrimination matters. And the law in employment discrimination matters, for instance, uh, FMLA, the Family Medical Leave Act, is not always uh, logical so uh, the rules that you think would apply if you were just using common sense might not apply. So uh, years ago I was representing an executive that had an issue regarding FMLA, we wrote a letter to the company laying out my client's position and uh, a very intelligent uh, business owner responded uh, with what I'm sure he believed to be a very well reasoned response to where he applied all of his intelligence and common sense and essentially made the admissions that made our case an absolute 100% victory. Had he gone to uh, uh, counsel, counsel would have written that letter, the response would have been very, very different and the the outcome, I'd like to think we would have won anyway, but the outcome might have been different as well. Talk to your lawyer as soon as you can about a matter that might end up in litigation.
0: So let's just explore that just a little bit, because I know in my world, in, in valuation and consulting, a lot of times business owners who've never gone through the process before don't know what they don't know. And they don't know what the right questions are to ask in terms of how to select someone to help them with that. Are you seeing the same kind of thing in, in terms of folks, in terms of how they vet attorneys? And, and what should yes. people oh, think about? What, what yeah, should they be thinking in, in terms of asking right. to determine who they should work with?
1: Unfortunately, I don't They w- what their strategic approach might be to that case, talking about what the options are, what the, what the costs might be. No lawyer, generally a lawyer is not going to give you a super firm estimate of cost, but a lawyer should be willing to discuss with you uh, the different potential costs uh, of, for instance, handling a preliminary injunction matter versus uh, a matter that doesn't involve an emergency hearing. Uh, the cost of going to arbitration versus the cost of a full-blown jury trial. And you want to have this discussion. You want to you want to talk about uh, what things might cost, what the different approaches are, when you might have to spend that money in the process, and and make a decision as if you're purchasing uh, uh, you know uh, an electronic good or or uh, um, any sort of good or service. But make sure it's an intelligent uh, an intelligent decision where you're going to get the most value for your money.
0: You mentioned one other thing at, at the break about. Um, an attorney's, I guess, proclivity or feeling, if you will, about a jury trial, and right. share that with the audience. I think they'd benefit. There, from
1: that. there are, in in my in in my experience, and I believe very strongly that in, in a matter that's headed towards litigation, uh, you want an attorney that's comfortable uh, trying the case in any forum, which means any location. Uh, and, and in any uh, manner, whether it be a jury trial, a non-jury trial, an arbitration or otherwise. And the reason is, we, as trial lawyers, we have a certain um, uh, number of arrows in our quiver and that, that the, the uh, procedural weapons that we have to accomplish the result our client's looking for. And uh, you know, an, an attorney that just thinks jury trials are always wrong is not an attorney that brings all the arrows in his quiver to the party. Uh, and that's an attorney who's going to be, it, for instance, if the case ends up in a, you know in a, in a jury trial setting, that's an attorney that be, much be, might be much more likely to recommend uh, an unfavorable settlement uh, because the jury is not comfortable. Uh, yeah. Excuse me, the attorney's not comfortable going in front of a jury. You want to have, uh, and, and it's the same thing with venue. You want an attorney that's able to bring the case in the best case in the best place where the case should be brought. Not an attorney that says, "Well, I don't like state court," no. or "I don't like this county." The, Some cases should be brought in that county or in-state court. You want someone that can handle the case uh, uh, in a a variety of of approaches, in a variety of venues, and to a variety of decision-makers.
0: Let's go down another avenue of your practice, and that's working with executives and professionals. What types of issues do you typically face when you're working with an individual?
1: Uh, Separation scenarios, compensation disputes, there are times when uh, uh, where, uh, there are times when uh, an executive, it's time for an executive to part ways, and we'll see that over the course of many years they really haven't been compensated appropriately, uh, or uh, an, or an employer executive is, is is let go and is handed a separation agreement, a severance agreement. These these things need to be evaluated very carefully and negotiated very carefully. Uh, the, the, even a company, and oftentimes the company thinks it's being extremely generous. Very rarely does the, has the company examined the situation through the eyes of the executive or the employee we're sometimes off, uh, able to persuade the uh, company that uh, that what it's offering uh, needs to be bumped up. Or, or for instance I recently had a scenario where an individual was offered a very nice severance package in terms of dollars but they wanted her to agree to a non-compete. Hmm. Uh, and we were, we were able to negotiate the non-compete out. And, and not through threat but by persuading the Employer that this individual was no threat to their business and by requiring her to agree they would not compete They'd really be harming her and and it was a win-win situation where they were willing to rip that up
0: Stan I'm being told that we are just a bit out of time real quick tell people how they can contact you one more time
1: again My website is www.chakenlaw.com or call me at 215-572-8600 I'd be t- delighted to speak with you about your employment or your business
0: And hopefully, we can have you back again some other time to continue this conversation. It went way too fast. Thank you for joining us on Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder. We'll see you next time. Thanks again, Stan. Thanks
1: for having me.
4: Why should you choose Rowan College at Gloucester County? Low cost, the number one nursing program in all of New Jersey. More than 70 programs of study including selective admissions with record enrollment, a premier partnership with Rowan University, transfer options with numerous universities, four-year degree options on our campus, Rowan College at Gloucester County, now you're thinking.
5: coverage can be a very confusing and complicated process. Help is just a phone call away, 856-226-4800. As a licensed insurance agent, I'll assist you in making an informed and confident decision on a Medicare plan that meets your needs, lifestyle, and budget. Call me today for a free, no obligation, Medicare benefits consultation, 856-226-4800. 4,800. When did you see the sign?
3: When I needed to create a better visitor experience.
5: Improve our workflow. Attract new customers. That's when Fast Signs recommended Fleet Graphics. Yeah, now business is rolling in. Get started at FastSigns.com.
2: What do I want to be when I grow up? Maybe a musician? A veterinarian? Maybe an equestrian, a mommy? Well, why not be all these things and more? Consider joining me, Dr. V, with friends and colleagues as we explore a wide range of topics together. V is for variety here on RVN TV.
3: Oh! Is that too hard for you? No. Is it too hard for you? Woo! We're playing catch now. <sighs> oh, shit.
4: Should you choose Rowan College at Gloucester County? Low cost. The number one nursing program in all of New Jersey. More than 70 programs of study, including selective admissions. With record enrollment. A premier partnership with Rowan University. Transfer options with numerous universities. Four-year degree options on our campus. Rowan College at Gloucester County. Now you're thinking.
5: Using Medicare coverage can be a very confusing and complicated process. Help is just a phone call away, 856-226-4800. As a licensed insurance agent, I'll assist you in making an informed and confident decision on a Medicare plan that meets your needs, lifestyle, and budget. Call me today for a free, no obligation, Medicare benefits consultation, 856 226 4,800. When did you see the sign?
3: When I needed to create a better visitor experience.
5: Improve our workflow. Attract new customers. That's when Fast Signs recommended Fleet Graphics. Yeah, now business is rolling in. Get started at FastSigns.com.
2: What do I want to be when I grow up? Maybe a musician? A veterinarian? Maybe an equestrian, a mommy? Well, why not be all these things and more? Consider joining me, Dr. V, with friends and colleagues as we explore a wide range of topics together. V is for variety here on RVN TV.
3: Richard? Oh! Is that too hard for you? No. Is it too hard for you? Whoa! We're playing catch now. <sighs> oh, shit.
4: Should you choose Rowan College at Gloucester County? Low cost. The number one nursing program in all of New Jersey. More than 70 programs of study, including selective admissions. With record enrollment. A premier partnership with Rowan University. Transfer options with numerous universities. Four-year degree options on our campus. Rowan College at Gloucester County. Now you're thinking.